0: Just two local guys with so much to say. So, listen to the real estate brought us today. In Hawaii, there's so much to do. There's new level surfing and real estate too. But we just two local guys with so much to say. So, listen to the real estate brought us today.
1: What's up, folks? This is the December 2022 monthly market update, the last update of the 2022 year with myself and Dean, and where we update you guys on what's been happening in the latest Hawaii real estate statistics and some other news across the country and imp- impacting investors. If you guys have any questions, comments, put into the chat. But uh, yeah, let's. Uh, why don't you start here, Dean? What's been going on with the prices?
0: Yeah, so some very interesting times. All the signs except for one have been showing like a decline and more towards a buyer's market. If you can look on the left-hand side, we have single family. So median single family price for November 2022, $1.1495 which is an increase from prior of almost 10%. So that's the only signal that we see for it's positive for sellers. However, if you look, closed sales are down 48% for single family. And same thing on for the condos are down 43% on the right side at 340 closed sales. Back up, median condo prices are slightly down $480,000 for the median condo price and days on market for both Condos and single-family are at 18 days, which is a big increase or slowdown for both sides. On this slide, I wanted to show, it's a little bit more detailed, but it shows the number of sales current year in November 2022 versus 2021. So you can see the big drop. We have from 371 sales for single-family last year to 192 to give us that 48% decrease for single-family. And then same thing we see a big decrease. We went from 601 sales for condos in November 2021 to 340 in in the current month. And really interesting times. And so I always like to sh- show these visuals as to what's going on, right? So homes for sale for November, we see um, we single family. We have 741 homes and condos. We have 1,308. 1, if you look at this trend since 2005, it's... Not really high, but as you can see, if you're looking at the tail end in the last year, it is slowly creeping up from what we've had in the past. If you go to the next slide, Lane, we have days on market for, as you can see, we're slowly starting to creep up a little bit, but still below what we had in the beginning of 2021. It's like it's creeping up, but in perspective, when you look at like the 10-year trend it's still low, relatively low compared to what we've seen in the past. You may be hearing a lot of doom and gloom. We hear it everywhere. We hear it in the stock market. We hear it interest rate trends. We're getting in the real estate also. I feel like we're not seeing a lot of doom and gloom stories here in Hawaii as much as we've seen, we're seeing in the parts of the mainland. I think we mentioned Las Vegas recently. They've had like triple in terms of their inventory increases because of largely in part of the economy and the rising interest rates. So I feel like the market is softening, but just keeping in mind that it's not as doom and gloom as some people are pitching it, yeah. So something to consider. See, Next slide, I put the months of supply of inventory. So we like to keep that. That's basically if we were... To have no more new inventory into the market, how long it would take for the existing inventory to sell off. So as you can see for November, we had a slight dip from prior month. So it went to 2.7 months for single family and 2.6 for um, condos. And typically they say that the point of equilibrium is about five to six months of inventory. So if you go by that definition, we are still in a seller's market. Let's see. Yeah, And again, in the long haul, if you're looking at the 10 years trends, we're still relatively below the average what we've seen in the past. Yeah. So some good news, or it depends how you look at it, but I feel like it's good news. The, as of yesterday, I pulled this from Mortgage News Daily. We have their 30-year mortgage at 6.29, which has come down a lot since in the last month where we're above 7%. Good news overall, I think, from the buyer standpoint, loosening things up more. Hopefully, more buyers will come from the seller side. Good because more competition from the standpoint of buyers for to put in offers. Same thing like commercial, hopefully. I'm thinking that the commercial side, they're
1: looking for some relief in terms of the interest rate side. Yeah, where we're in a point, we call it price discovery since seller buyers, they still think that their property is worth what it was a year ago or even six months ago. But they don't empathize with the, or the sellers don't empathize with the buyers that the buyer's affordability, they can't afford as much based on the interest rates and their loan terms. So you have two parties that are Probably more further apart than ever, which is why we call this price discovery mode. It's not unfortunate times. I wouldn't say it's fortunate times. It's kind of unusual times. Things are up in the air. My mission at at SimplePassiveCashflow.com is to help hardworking individuals like you do what I did, which was leave a professional career behind by building an investment portfolio where the passive income exceeded my daily expenses. It frustrates me that there are so many people out there mindlessly investing in the Roth, IRA, 401k, mutual funds, or worse, going through a useless financial planner who is just selling retail and financial products. Here's the problem. There are multiple middlemen taking a cut of your returns, all the while you take all the rest. In our community, we spend a little bit of effort to educate ourselves and build organic relationships with other past investors to source the best off-market opportunities. All while enjoying higher returns and better security because the asset that you purchased is a real hard asset, not some kind of fake stuff like a crypto or altcoin. The trifecta is simple. Number one, syndications to get. Number two, passive losses to unlock other tax best practices. And thirdly, infinite banking. Join our network for more insider access and educational material at simplepassacashflow.com slash club and also sign up for a free strategy call once you're in there. Enter our ecosystem so if you did come out to Hawaii on our annual investor retreat, you'd be able to develop those relationships with the right people. To check out future events, go to simplepassacashflow.com slash events and we'll see you in person.
0: We are seeing a lot of improvements too in terms on the residential side where uh, a lot of clients are calling me and saying what's going on i see a lot of houses sitting on the market longer price re- improvements like we like to call them but to your point Lane, it's part of the discovery right where the sellers and the buyers are trying to match up now so seeing it but with that
1: one that i was showing you did you were you able to talk to the agent where they are they getting desperate or
0: i did it i'll reach out as the seller financing i'll have to follow up and get back to you yeah it's still sitting, that's why. So okay. I'll you're still playing. You're like
1: being it. still being cool, then, right? <laughs> well, he insulted me
0: once so far, and so yeah, I will definitely follow up. With that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just wait three days. Apparently, is the rule. That's <laughs> what I heard. <laughs> Just joking. The, there. Is <laughs> like eating? Yeah, yeah. Is but, the first you know, but maybe it's three weeks. I don't know. We'll see.
0: <laughs> so. As, so in the previous slide I was talking to you about, I like that Mortgage News Daily slide. So what I clicked on this slide, this is a screenshot off of one of the local financial institutions um, and to see what kind of rates they were publishing. And so this is off of one of the local institutions' sites. And I just wanted to point this out because I wanted to see what they had. And I was surprised they had for the 30-year fixed, they put 5.625. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot different. But mainly it's because you're paying down your rate to, with points to get this 5.625. And I'm not sure why bank chose to put it this way or publish these rates. But I guess my point is when you're comparing, if you're out there shopping for loans, make sure you're comparing apples to apples, right? So in initially I, on the slide before, the mortgage news daily was the 6.29%. I believe that's because that's, uh, again, that's like a their national average and that's also because they're not talking about any pay down with any type of points so make sure when you guys are doing either you're asking all the competition okay quote me a rate paying 2.125 percent or points or say just to keep it simple i just say quote me paying zero points and give me a, a what your 45 day lock is because 45 day lock that's also an important term because they might be quoting you on a 30-day 30 30-day 30 lock so you want to make sure you have apples to apples in this scenario it's, it's the bank is using a 45-day lock for what they're quoting us on so just wanted to bring that up as a quick tip for you buyers out there who are shopping around for residential loans and pre-approvals yeah i've been Looking around at different... We're always online looking for great content. So I was just looking around and I googled best places to live. So one of the... Best places to live in Hawaii. So one of the the articles I found was from this Extra Space Storage. And they gave us the five safest and most affordable neighborhoods in Honolulu to live. It's an interesting video. So you might want to watch it. You can find it on YouTube. I'm not saying... I agree or with these selections or not because safety these do appear to be great neighborhoods but affordable affordable that's the biggest question because when if someone came to me and I know that their finances were tight and we're looking for quote unquote affordable homes I would have to say that these five neighborhoods would not pop up in my top 5 but so point being is just every one is there's a lot of information out on the internet. So take everything with a grain of salt, especially someone, if you're looking to move somewhere, not, maybe not even Hawaii, maybe you're looking to relocate somewhere else, make sure your due diligence is corroborated with something else. Another article I found that was pretty cool was from Niche. And it talked about the best places to live in Hawaii for 2022. So the top five that they noted, number one was Mauna Willy. And interesting about, thing about Mauna Willy is I actually found... Manawili in multiple best places to live in hawaii searches
1: so Manowili is that milani
0: was... is that the no that's out on windward
1: side okay yeah. this is probably a puff piece written by the Manawili development company out there that's often how these silly top places are these and market like all these news articles are all puff pieces these days how much did what? sam bankman Freed pump into all these fake articles for himself altruistic, <laughs> philantrop- <laughs> billionaire philanthropists all BS. Yeah.
0: It, but it was weird because it popped up in multiple as number one. And again, so Mauna Wili is out just before Kailua when you're going over toward the winter side. But I thought that was really interesting. And I don't know, it's probably based on the parameters. Maybe it's because the population is smaller. I don't know. So anyway, moving on. Number two was Honolulu. Three was Kailua, which is adjacent to Mauna Wili. Four was Hilo, on the Big Island of Hawaii, and number five was Mililani. Milani actually, Mililani, Malka popped up on another one too. That specifically, thought, eh, and again, take everything with a grain of salt. Read into how they got there, their selection process, and what they went through. But it's always fun to look through these. And I mean, how you
1: you can change the rubric however you want to get the winning candidate. I guess my whole thing is and I'll say it because you don't want to say it. Is if you're not from Hawaii and you don't, you're just looking at like random cities and names. Call Dina up. Don't be a bonehead. And if not, you're going to find yourself in like Eva Beach and commuting two hours to work every single day.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Lane. appreciate that plug, man. Okay. And I know you always talk of rental statistics because as landlords, that's always good for us to know. From the standpoint on Real Estate in Hawaii, I've always talked about the sales side. And I never talk about the rental side hardly. So I found this article, which is from the U.S. News & World Report. So when you're looking at single... I'm sorry, one bedrooms nationwide. The states with the highest one bedroom rent estimates for October 2022 Hawaii was actually the highest at $100 for a one bedroom apartment, followed by New York, California, New Jersey, Virginia, Florida, Massachusetts, Maryland, Colorado, and Washington. I think said that Colorado was the only non coastal state out of the top 10 that made the list, so I thought that was interesting. And one of the things Yes or no. Lucky we live Hawaii, right? (laughs) (laughs) So next slide. I always talk about the scams of the month. This is our last, maybe our last video, maybe our last brother's podcast. You know what? I'm going to skip over the scam of the month because I'm tired of talking the scam of the month. We've always talked about these. Yeah, it's always kind kind of negative, right? Be careful. So this. This this is the second to the last thing I want to talk about, but I, this popped up in when I was looking at the Yahoo Finance. Airbnb is going to be restricting unauthorized New Year's Eve parties nationwide. So, hopefully, you are not one of these guys that booked a single family home for one night on New Year's Eve, planning to throw a party, because their Airbnb as a as a rule has is gonna not allow these uh, these bookings. And they're also going so far as to reject bookings from parties who don't, I think that haven't had a positive review. So haven't, first time Airbnb users will not be allowed to book these New Year's Eve. Um, and there's certain parameters that are not are not long. So I thought it was interesting. And so I don't know if you're heading out, out of state, out of country like I am for the for this holiday season, but if so, just be wary if you're trying to throw some crazy Christmas party, a New Year's party, or whatever it may be.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I hear Airbnb is, like people on Airbnb are starting to struggle. Like post-pandemic, a lot of people bought these nice houses because they wanted passive income. But like now they're starting to see like the demand is decreasing and there might be an oversaturation. And i uh, just saying I should have, told you because it's a discretionary spending item on people's budgets you
0: know? yeah and then if but, you talk about oahu that's a whole nother kind of worms because i yeah i do get calls from investors who want to buy in hawaii and they say oh we want to do short-term rentals and i'm like Oof, a little
1: bit challenging these days yeah
0: but, but we did find a nice one in yeah. japan in tokyo
1: <laughs> can't find the financing though numbers yeah, don't yeah. work
0: oh no as a we're going to
1: we're staying in a nice one in Tokyo. This, oh, okay. This, this D- the, that's the equation you want to be on. You want to be renting these things, not the owner operator of an Airbnb.
0: And funny you bring that up because that would have made a good content. I should have thought to put it in, but one of my other half wanted to was consider buying some property in Japan close to Tokyo because they have what's these what's called akiya, which are just houses are actually full neighborhoods that are being abandoned because everyone's moving towards the metro moving to the where the action is at and these uh, shrinking rural... population
1: too yes right?
0: so we have these properties that are selling for sale for 15 twenty thousand us dollars with and with exchange rate maybe even better but that's because there's actually more cost to get it up and running than the property is worth because there's a lot of rules and laws whether it be like earthquake or or just compliance that to get it up to current standards, you're going to have to put even more money just to to get it there. Yeah. That's like
1: click baby articles on, oh, you can buy a house in Detroit for a dollar. Yeah. When you take it over, they hit you with all these ordinances and back taxes and back fees. That's, yeah, it's worth negative, which is why they can't sell it for a negative. They sell it to you for a dollar, a hundred dollars.
0: Great. Yeah, so we gave that up because we we actually looked at what the rent was, and it's like three to five hundred dollars to rent out that same similar property. So, if we wanted to retire in Japan, we should just go and pay that cheap rent. I
1: think. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I guess that's the old school way of thinking. Like people like to own hard, real hard assets directly. Right. So that's the mindset difference. I yeah, think. I don't know Airbnb. Stuff, uh, I don't know if you've stayed in an Airbnb recently, but like some of them make you like clean up all your stuff like you're the damn housekeeper and then they still charge you like a housekeeping fee that's like a few hundred bucks. It's I don't know. It's like you're trying to save money on there, but it's just as expensive. And what I don't like about it is like it's ran by an amateur. Somebody who just did some e-course online. And is running it like a mom and pop business, which is I'm all for, right? But like, they just aren't as good as a large professional brand, mm-hmm. institutional operator. This just happens, right? This is a newer thing. Everybody rushes out to get educated on running their Airbnbs because long-term rentals, the cat doesn't cash flow as well anymore. Right. Yeah. And then they go out and they buy this stuff and there's an oversaturation. And then they thought they were super smart because they found the website like Air DNA. Dot com, But apparently, everybody has airdna.com, so it's really not much of an advantage. And yeah, they learn what it takes to be a real entrepreneur and be hit with free markets and competition and having to lower their prices to get utilization up.
0: It's <laughs> yep. a low barrier to entry. That's what low I'm barrier saying. to entry, right? Yeah, you exactly. stay away yeah, from that. Like,
1: yep, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to end my half of the This episode would to say, to offer gratitude for what I have. Lane, thank you for all that you've done for me. I always appreciate, even prior to us jumping on this podcast, it was great talking to you. I always appreciate you and your feedback and you pushing me. So all the viewers also, we're appreciative of that and overall just our health. I got my COVID booster and my flu vaccine. Oh my gosh, I got kicked in the butt two days ago. So hopefully yeah. that will for the for med- medical science too.
1: If this is the last of this podcast, I think we learned something. We got better as presenters and speakers and we can always have a drink over and be like, remember the time we did this <laughs> dang thing for 60 freaking times. That's pretty cool, man.
0: <laughs> and hopefully it will be preserved in uh, online for infinity for kids and grandkids can find it someday. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they'll have something better to do. But if they're bored, it'll be here. Or they can read my book, The Journey oh. to Simple Passive Cashflow, which I'm getting like 25 people bought it last week.
0: Oh, congratulations. Maybe
1: 100 people will buy it this month. That's crazy. But if you guys can get it for free if you guys want, just go to simplepassivecashflow.com/book and if you guys write a review, I'll give you 10 bucks next time I see you. I'm on I'm being serious about that. Yeah, let's get into it. FTX and Alameda Research, this guy, is Sam Begman Fried, SBF is what we'll refer to him. Have you been following this one,
0: Dean? A little bit, not. That's I'm very willing to hear, but I just bummed that the my Ether and my Bitcoin are so down. Oh, okay.
1: okay. I wouldn't worry about that too much. This is more around like the exchanges, right? Like BlockFi and FTX were exchanges all the cool crypto kids all keep their own keys right in their own usb keys or whatever they don't put it on these exchanges so then that's the danger part and that's ftx they were found to be an unscrupulous holder of this stuff so what they were doing was people would upload their crypto on this platform they thought ftx was going to give them a safe return in from 5 to 15% normally for different coins And it seemed like a good deal, right? People could store their money on here and make a pretty damn good return. hell of a lot better than any CD or anything like that. But what they didn't realize, there was no transparency and there was nobody watching these eight cookie cats in a Bahamas high lifestyle apartment that they had this Alamina Alamina Research was a sister company. And they were doing these back alley trades with crypto and kind of funding with FTX stuff. So this is known as commingling and it is illegal. But in the crypto world, there's really no like checks and balances. There's low transparency. This multi-billion dollar FTX company didn't even have a board of advisors having oversights over these kids. The story goes deeper too. There is, this guy was like dating this Caroline girl who he put as the CEO for Alamina there was like tweet, tweets of she was like talking about how this drug with the psychedelic, I don't know, some kind of psychedelic drug or drug, just like, and then she was talking about like polyamorous relationships. It's just like, all right, this, and she had no working experience too. So it's so like shady. It's like, why is she running a multi billion dollar trading company, Alameda Research? Obviously, I've put them in there. The other and these are all like the rumors right but they're pretty much like common knowledge now. But the other thing was so like they were dating and then they broke up and then that's why it was really weird that there was like 8 of these guys all in the same apartment, right? Yes, parents are super smart and like one like they're super versed in like securities and fraud and like some people thought that he was puppet to the parents. That was another conspiracy theory. Some people thought that this guy was just a puppet to like the people who wanted to shut down crypto because they you need a blockbuster type of train wreck like this to enact restrictive rules, which I'm all for personally. I have to live by all these SEC stuff. I think these kids should be able to need to. As far as I'm concerned, all these altcoins other than crypto other than Bitcoin and Ethereum are securities. They're just venture capital wild ass projects to me. And I don't think anybody who's non-accredited should be able to invest in them. Maybe I'm showing my age there, but that's my feelings on these things. The other things part of the story, and I'm actually fascinated. it is kind of entertaining to me, as you can tell. So he was actually the biggest, the second biggest donor to the democratic political group. I think like Biden. He also gave money to the Republicans. He says that. And I'm quoting him. This is not mine. not saying my political views, but he was saying like, well, the Republicans, or nobody, people will think I'm a jerk for giving money to the Republicans. So I gave money through this dark portal. So you can't track it. But so he's giving money to both. The question is why? What was he getting in return? And I think a lot of the conclusions were a lot of this people turned a blind eye to until it got to this point.
0: It's funny, you mentioned the regulation and the need for it, though. But I think just it was yesterday they talked about that Awani uh, guy and Theranos and was that Elizabeth Holmes? You know, the, the one Elizabeth Holmes? The yeah, the one before
1: said. this. So Elizabeth Holmes is probably yeah. happy that this happened. She's off the last... Yeah, he got about. a
0: longer sentence yeah. than her. But, and they were... You mentioned the, the the love affair and all that kind of stuff. And this was a... SEC-regulated company, right? So even with regulation, these things happened.
1: Oh, no, they weren't. They weren't. So none of their stuff was really audited and there was oh. no, no transparency. And that's exactly why these guys could cooperate and pretty much do whatever they wanted. And and like the, the, here's, the, here's my craziest thing, right? Like this company had these huge... Okay, there's two parts. They had these huge backers. There are two categories. One was all these celebrities like Giselle, Tom Brady, that guy a lot of actors and he hung out with steph curry supposedly and had dinner with the ceo or whatever but like that stuff i know that's all bs right that's all like, these puff t- pieces too, right? <laughs> yeah i'm sure and they are all like paid sponsors of all these platforms that's engineered celebrity i think anybody who's watching this video knows that we don't live in they're not dubious enough to believe that like that those aren't paid people off for that that's everybody knows that sponsorship how sponsorship works but which it, the lesson learned is just because some cool athlete is investing in something or ftx arena i actually went to miami heat game the other week and it was ft it was still ftx arena but or like in the staples center in los angeles is crypto.com just because they shut out a, a whole bunch of money for that does not mean a, a company is legit or a name someplace in a top Hawaii place is legit. Like It's just all BS. That's how the media... Oh, I should not say this. But a lot of times, it's all made up, right? Like all these top Hawaii agent, you just pay to play and get on those stupid lists. That's how it works. I don't say it. I'm not an agent, but that's how it works. In case you're wondering, Dean, if you have enough money and you want to pick a list you want to get on, that's how it works. So people out there listening doesn't mean anything. It's just people paid to get on the list. Just like these, you look in the airlines magazines on top dentists, top plastic surgeon. It's just a pay to play type of thing. Now, what befuddles me on this whole situation is the second category. They got so many of these institutional investors, like the like I think Black Black BlackRock, SoftBank, oh, wow. like the. Bain, Mick Romney's at, not at Bain Capital anymore, I think, but he founded it, but they invested in this stuff. like A lot of like institutional, sophisticated venture capital and equity groups invested in this thing, but nobody did the real due diligence on what the hell these guys were doing. And if they would have gotten on a plane and gone to the Bahamas, they probably would have seen what a sham it was. But it's just like there's this big facade. Everybody thought this SBF guy was like God walking around in shorts and a kind of a crazy haircut. But uh, at the end of the day, my lesson learned, or I've said it before, is I like invest in real hard assets that have some commodity value at the end of the day. It's fascinating, this thing. It's like, how the hell did this all happen?
0: It's could be you know. a, like a new, the Enron of the... 2022.
1: So the guy who uh, I guess investigated the Enron thing, I don't know what his title was. He's on this I guess they put him as CEO of the company, FTX, I think oh that's the case.
0: <laughs>
1: Just to dismantle all this whole Shabaco, right? Oh. And figure out what happened. But like his, he is he quoted he quoted, Oh, this is a big, even bigger, way bigger mess than Enron. Oh, I remember hearing that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so people with BlockFi.com. They lost all their money. I think I had like $3.50 in there. Wait, did put something in? I had it just so I could get the emails. Sorry, we're filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, but I have $3 in there. I'll probably never get it back again. But uh, but yeah, that's the FTX thing. Invest in real hard assets. I guess lessons learned and... When somebody like I, in our groups, like we talked, and we've talked about the staking thing, right? This is exactly what was going on, right? Like the, you put money up to this platform, so the platform will borrow your money or lend it on other people doing more risky trades, and you collect maybe eight percent to twelve percent on your stable coin. And nobody, people, we would ask the question: All right, well, how do we lose our money? What's the risk here? If the market collapses and things become insolvent? you're effed, right? And you may not get your money. But nobody really talked about, all right, what's the mechanism for that and the counterparty risk, which is ultimately what made this come down. But
0: Lane, isn't that what banks and insurance companies do?
1: Exactly. But the banks and insurance companies have been around a lot and they've done this back in the day and they've gotten beat down by regulation they can't do this type of stuff. And, it's, and that's the reason why the CDs rates are so crappy because the margins aren't there. You can't, there's no speculation really. So that's why the yields aren't there.
0: So to your point, if it sounds too good to be true.
1: <laughs> I'll question it and understand what is that exactly happening and what is the mechanism for you losing your money? You know, do your sensitivity analysis. Yeah. I'm not saying that if something is too good to be true, it's not It's not real. Investigate it more and question that. But I think the Terra Luna one, did you hear about that one? That was the previous big one that happened. That one was done by this Korean kid, pretty much engineered the whole thing. But they gave people like 18 or 20% yields on that thing. And that was just a huge Ponzi scheme. that one it was it was a a stable coin and it was built around this algorithm that would like when the price fluctuated it would buy more of the same thing so it works up to a certain point but at some point it just like cannibalizes itself in a way and that was how that one collapsed but that one like a lot of people they were getting like this these great Eighteen, twenty, something percent returns, and they would tell them eighteen. Hey, you can make, you can put in ten grand, you get a two grand every single like year. So, wow, this thanks for the tip, man. I'm in too. Like people would jump on this stuff in frenzy it reminds mode. Reminds
0: me of the the dot com days. When the dot yeah, com there's always something.
1: Like, there's always something, money. and everyone
0: then, is making money, and you're getting people are getting stock tips from their taxi
1: driver. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, it's too good to be true. So we stop and reflect and ask the right questions. How does software.com and xyz.com go down in value? At some point, this gravy train has to stop, would have been. And then you as an investor need to make your educated decision what you want to do with your money. But I think the problem here was what makes me sad is like a lot of people that invest in this type of stuff, like FTX, or a lot of kids use like Robinhood like that trading platform, these are unsophisticated kids that don't understand risk, risk and reward, sharp ratio, concept. And they didn't know what they were getting into or what they're putting their money in. I don't know. I don't know how to prevent the next generation. My, I don't care what other people do. I care what my money does. So I don't know how to prevent the next generation. Maybe you just tell your kids, like you cannot invest in things that aren't hard assets And then they go and buy a freaking tulip, right? Which is technically a hard asset. But maybe you add on the second layer is like, you cannot invest in things that are not hard assets and utility value for mankind.
0: I'm sure you can build it in your trust somewhere.
1: Just got to teach them, right? Or bring them to the retreat next month. So they can learn it themselves. But we'll get, yeah, we'll get through these last articles here. JP Morgan, they're going more into... Hard real estate here. They're buying up rental homes across the country. They're to spend $1 billion in rental homes. Great time for them to do it, especially when prices are a little bit down. The last rake height was on November 2nd. I think that things will probably go up a little bit more. I have our bet here. Dean, you said that on October 13th, I thought you thought that the rates were going to go to eight and a half or less. I thought it was going to go more. We've still got this bet ticking. <laughs> Fun, fun. Things are what would you say six and a half percent now? What do you what did you hear like maybe a couple more interest rate hikes next year? That's what I heard. Yep, Is that yep. consistent.
0: Yep. And they're hopefully going to start tapering it off. Maybe not the point seven. So hopefully, and then that's why the stock market last few days, last day or something looked shining. I think for next week's discussion.
1: Yeah. Maybe. And then we'll end it with wealthmanagement.com's top 20 markets for forecast multifamily rent growth, starting at number 20, Austin, Texas, Chicago, Seattle, Philadelphia, Inland Empire, California, Los Angeles, Portland, Oregon, Tampa, Florida, Orange County, California. Now we're getting into the top 10. At number 10, Boston, Raleigh, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Nashville, Kansas City, Dallas, San Jose, Miami, Orlando and number one indianapolis and with that any last thoughts and for the year any other things that cap us off dean this
0: hopefully everyone has a happy and safe holidays again this may be our last one so if it is then uh, thank you for everyone who's listened
1: to this point
0: because i think like you said lane it was a pretty cool journey for whatever 58 episodes and so different from how we started off and how we've changed throughout the, these 58 episodes in terms of what we tried. And so it was fun. It was great.
1: I think that we did the first five. You had said like you'd be nervous doing it, right?
0: Yeah, I still am. A, I have a little bit of anxiety. But I think that's because I appreciate what I put out there is important to me. And I don't want it to... This is could be forever, this content that goes out there. (laughs) But it's fun. It's been super fun. Again, appreciative and grateful for the opportunity.
1: All right, folks. Hopefully, we'll see you guys next time. If not, we will see you guys in real life, person. But if not, we'll see you, everybody, next year. Bye. See ya.
0: Hey, just some legal stuff here although these two brothers are pretty knowledgeable and have over 2100 rental units and own over 160 million dollars worth of real estate that preceding are only ideas are not to be taken as legal tax or financial advice okay you should always seek the professional advice of other professionals on your team and think for yourself and do your own due diligence okay aloha